All right. Thank you, Lord. Wow, there was, that was good. Good to be in God's healing presence, His freeing presence, His abiding presence, His powerful presence, His loving presence. Thank you, Lord. Hey, can you get the lights back on, guy? Give me a little more light here. We're going we're gonna to go right into continuing to talk about the, the kingdom of God. We've been kind of hitting on that the last, last uh, couple times here. And so I want us to open your Bibles to John chapter 3. And we're going we're gonna to get there in just one second. We're going to start with something else first. But... Um, It was interesting last week. Uh, I, I talked about, uh, you know, how we we don't we don't sometimes see that all of what's happening in God's kingdom because we just see the world and what's happening in our world through the lens of the United States of America, because that's that's our country, that's our world. Just reminding us in terms of numbers, you know, we're still uh, you know 350 million compared to seven billion is uh, you know. We're not the biggest percentage of people in the world. We are one of the larger nations. Yes, I'll agree to that. But when you look at the population of the world, we cannot judge what God is doing in all the earth when we just view this much. And so, as we were worshiping last week, and I feel like, man, the last two weeks of worship have been really powerful. Uh, last week was, 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 was great as well. Uh, where we just kind of pressed in. I mean, I really appreciate you all for just, just pressing into the Lord. And uh, that's, that's, where, that's where the stuff happens. That's, that's, where the, that's where the breakthrough comes. You know, it was the woman that pressed through the crowd to Jesus that said, I'm going to touch Him no matter what. I mean, there was hundreds of people around Jesus. When the woman with the, with the issue of blood, I mean, she had to fight her way in. I mean, we're talking physical, moving people out of the way. I mean, I don't know what kind of person you are. If you, if you get in the crowd and you just kind of let the crowd move you around, or if you're one of those people that says, out of my way, my friend, <laughs> or some other word for my friend. <clears throat> you know, and so, but this woman, I mean, she was, she was clearing a path. And so sometimes, you know, I think that's what we have to do sometimes in our lives with the Lord, with us personally. We just have to, we just have to press through a little bit. We just have to. We just have to push through. We can't just. Oh, God's just going to do it. Well, yeah, He already did it. He's saying, "Come on, come on, take hold of it. Come on and get it. I've, I've, I've paid for it all. I've, I've bought it all. I've done it all. I'm reigning in heaven. I'm the, I'm the King of Kings, and I've, I've given it all. Now go ahead and take it." Oh, where was I going? Where, did I, where was I going before that? <laughs> I can't remember. Okay, so we last week as we were worshiping, that's what it was. Okay, so <clears throat> I am only forty-one, but uh, <clears throat> you know, last week it was interesting as we were as we were worshiping. I was thinking, man, this is really powerful. This is really strong. And I said, man, I think God's going to release. Vi- people are going to have visions during worship today. And I had that just like a passing thought while you you know. You're up here playing, you're trying to read the chords. Sometimes you're trying to, you know, watch and see what God is doing, see if you can get the, the, the taste of what God's doing in, in the room and stuff. And, and then just this thought came. And so somebody came up to me afterwards and said, during worship, I had a vision. Isn't that cool? 
And they said they saw a vision, and there were certain parts of the world that were just lit up. They saw a globe, like the whole world, and there were certain parts of the world that were just lit up with light. Countries and nations and, and regions and sections. And there was lots of lights all over the place. There were two places that were really dark, Europe and the United States of America. And then I got up. This is, the vision was during worship. And then I got up and part of my message was to say, Hey, God is doing stuff in all over the world. And I mentioned different nations. And this person came to me and said, Man, those nations you mentioned were some of the ones that were lit up in my vision. And I mean, I was like, man, it's just a confirmation. Hey, God, God is saying, hey, let's be encouraged that God, the kingdom of God is advancing. And so God, God is not losing, He's winning. Okay, there's more people coming to Christ now than ever before. So, I mean, you have to, you have to just, the, the news is not, you know, the news is going to show you all the bad stuff that happens. Let's be honest, there's some bad stuff happening. I'm not minimizing that. There was horrific evil that happened last Sunday. I mean, horrific evil. There is evil on this earth and it wants to destroy anything good. And it, if it can get a hold of somebody and use a person, it'll use a person. It'll get a hold of a person that's open to that. And so, uh, but here's the deal. We're going to keep shining the light. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And it said, that's John 1.5, just in case you need to look that up. You know, talking about Jesus coming into the world. Once Jesus came, the light of the, wor- the world was lit. Okay? Do you still say lit? <laughs> okay, I saw that on Facebook. I, I cheated. I saw that on, on, on the old person's social media, Facebook, right? Okay? Just in case you want to know, if you're on Facebook, that's for the old people. Okay? Young people use something, some different stuff. Just wanted to inform you how old you were. Okay, but, but once Jesus came as the light of the world, the world was lit. Okay? Here's the deal. Jesus lit up the world. And then when He left, He said, guess what? You're going to keep it lit. Keep it lit, baby. You're like, you're so cheesy. Man, I never thought I'd be this old where I'd be cheesy. Okay. But here, here's the deal. Um... The light didn't leave. The light didn't leave. The light just spread. Jesus said, hey, here's the deal. I'm commissioning you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. How did the Father send Jesus? Wow, if we just get a hold of that verse, that's, that's John in John chapter 20, I believe. I wasn't planning to use that one, but... As the Father has sent me, it's another. There's, you know, there's more than one great commission in the Bible. There's not just Matthew 28. One of the other great commissions is in John chapter 20, where the, he says, "As the Father has sent me, I am sending you." He came as the light. The light shines in the darkness. That's how he came, and so now he's sending you as the light that shines in the darkness. You're the light. You're the light. If you're a believer in Jesus, you're the light of the world. And Jesus said, a city on a hill should not be hidden. It cannot be hidden. Nobody lights a lamp and covers it up. I mean, when your light bulb's out, you know, I had to change the light bulb yesterday. Boom! The light's out in the kitchen. 
put in a new light bulb because I, I need to be able to see. I need to, I need to be able to, to accomplish what I need to accomplish. That's what the light helps us do. It helps us see. It helps us get perspective. The light shines in the darkness and shows up. Sometimes it exposes darkness for what it is. But it's exposing it to bring freedom and healing to those who are in the darkness. Because some people don't know they're in the darkness. They don't know. They don't know. Until the light comes. If, if, it, if dark is normal to you, you don't know it's not normal until there's light. And so my job is to be the light. And so when Jesus came, one of the things He said was this, in Matthew 4, 17, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So how did Jesus come? You can shoot that one on the screen there. Matthew 4, 17 says, says Jesus came preaching. And He said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Uh, Matthew 4, 17. Is it Matthew 4, 17? <laughs> Okay, Matthew 4, I pretty much quoted it, but let's just say, it's supposed to be up there, I apologize God, that's probably not God, that's not God's fault. Oh, there it is. From that time on, <laughs> Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. It's only one verse, I wasn't going to look, all you people that don't want the Bible on the screen. Okay, um, <clears throat> technology, it, God uses technology. Okay, so repent. For the kingdom of heaven has come near. So here's the deal. When Jesus came, the kingdom came. Do you believe that when you come, the kingdom comes? Most of us don't, right? Let's be honest. But here's the deal. The kingdom of God, as we said last week, it, it's arrived and He said, look, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, basically. Basically, what Jesus was saying was, it's now in reach. It's right here. Right here in front of you. But here's the deal. You don't get it unless you do this. You have to repent. You have to change. So if I want to see more of the manifestation of the kingdom of God in my life, I have to do the same thing. This is the way, this is the way to align ourselves with the kingdom. You have to repent. Now, what does repent mean? Does repent mean... Come up to the altar and cry over all the bad stuff you've done. Well, yeah, that's part of it. But that's not all of it. See, the church is, you know, sometimes we focus on just that. Okay, let's just be sorry for our sins. Let's be sorry for our sins. Let's be sorry for our sins. There's a time to not be sorry anymore and to say, okay, part of repenting, repent, the word literally means a change of thinking. So in other words, in order for me to grasp and understand and live and walk in the kingdom of God... I have to change. I have to think differently. I have to see differently. I have to have a total worldview change. So Jesus came, and what, what happened? When Jesus sent out the disciples, what message did they preach? The same one. They only had one sermon. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is, is, is near. Now I, want us to, now I want us to go to John chapter 3. Now we're in John chapter 3. And Jesus is going to have an encounter with somebody. Somebody's calling me on my phone right now. Can you believe that? Um, not anybody in this church, I can tell you that. John chapter 3. 
Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who's come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you were doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, get this here, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Look, look at what Jesus is doing. Did you notice Jesus tried one thing and he didn't get it? So he's going to try another one. Sometimes, does Jesus have to do that with you? Okay. <laughs> We tried that one, we're going we're gonna to try again here. So Jesus says, look, let me try it a different way. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying you must be born again, or born from above, born from heaven basically. You should not be surprised because, why? Verse 8, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So Jesus says two things about the kingdom. If we're going to enter into the kingdom, first of all, you have to be born from above. There has to be, there has to be the miracle of salvation in your life. And look, I know at church most of us are saved, but it's a good reminder to know you must be born again. You must have an experience where you put your faith in Jesus Christ, where you repent of all your ways of thinking, all your ways of living, and say, God, you are God. I was totally 125% wrong. Everything I thought, everything I did, everything I was going for, everything that was important to me was wrong. And I'm declaring, God, that you are right. And Jesus says, what happens when you, you know, it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And, and we find out in the rest of Scripture what happens is, you're born from above. You're born again. You're a new person. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new has come. And now you have access to the kingdom of God. You have access to God's rule and reign. You have access to the king's authority. You have access to the king's power. You have access to the king's love. You have access to the king's heart. And so Jesus says, hey, that there's only one way in. And what was his also message? Hey, repent for the kingdom's right here. In other words, God has provided everything right here, but I have to take hold of it. I have to, I have to grab it. I have to say, I want this in my life. It's not automatic. It doesn't happen by osmosis. It doesn't, it's not magic. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not a TV show or a movie or something where things work out right. All of a sudden, just because that's the way it was written. 
I have to take hold of the things. It's like, hey, the kingdom is here, right here. And Jesus is explaining to this guy who's not getting it. His name's Nicodemus. He's a religious guy. He knows the Bible. He knows the Scriptures. And Jesus is trying to say, hey, look, you have to get into the kingdom. I can't tell you anything else unless you're into the kingdom. You're holding on to the kingdom. You have the kingdom power in your life. You have the king in your life. He is ruling and reigning in your heart. You're not going to get anything else. He says, if you're going to enter the kingdom, you must be born of water and born of the Spirit. Born of the water there is, is uh, most likely talking about um, actually just, you know, contrasting human birth. You know, coming out of the water, the water breaking forth. But, and of the Spirit. In other words, you're alive and, here's the deal, you're alive. You're alive physically and you're alive spiritually. You're born of the Spirit. And then he says this, flesh gives birth to flesh, the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. Nothing that comes from just me, just John, will ever give birth to anything that's spiritually powerful, spiritually good, spiritually life-changing. Because flesh can only give birth to flesh. Only the Holy Spirit in me, doing His work can give birth to the spiritual things in my life. So what he's trying to explain to this guy, Nicodemus, about the kingdom is this. The kingdom is spiritual. And it's so easy because here's the deal. We live in a world where we are focused and maximizing the power of the flesh. Our senses. Our, you know, that's all, that all has to do with flesh. It can be influenced by the Spirit, but it's just flesh. My emotions, what my opinions. Remember, we said last week we're not used to kingdoms in the United States of America because we think we get here. We we get a vote, you know, and we get to speak our minds, and we think it matters. But here's the deal: in God's kingdom, it doesn't matter. It only matters what the king thinks. It doesn't matter what you think. It only matters now if what you think lines up with what the king thinks, then it matters. But if you don't think, if you're not lining up with what the king thinks, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. It doesn't matter if you can broadcast it all over the world on the internet. It's not a part of the kingdom. Because flesh only gives birth to flesh. And only the Holy Spirit is going to give birth to things of the Spirit. And I, if your desire is to give birth to things of the Spirit, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to continue to saturate your life where you're like, your praise will ever be on my lips. Later on, Jesus goes on to say, hey, uh, if I tell you about earthly things and you don't understand it, how am I going to, how am I going to talk about spiritual things too? And so God has so much more to show us, but we've got to take what He's given us. If you don't take what God has given you and use it and apply it, there's no reason for Him to give you any more. I mean, when Jesus fed the 5,000, I mean, I, just, I was just reading that story recently again in one of the Gospels. And it's just amazing. Jesus multiplies food like He takes just a little bit of bread and a, and a couple of fish. I mean, this is, it's one of the most awesome miracles. I love just talking about it because it's like, it's so cool. Um, I mean, can you imagine? What's your favorite food? Pizza? How about you? Shrimp? 
Uh, I don't know. Hamburger. All of it. Okay. Anything else? How about you? All of it. You don't know. Okay. That's why you don't have to have a pizza. So yeah, can you imagine? Okay. We got, we got one pizza, everybody. And there's about 10,000, 10 to 15,000 people here. And somebody brings up a pizza and says, this is all we got, Jesus. And Jesus says, all right, that's all we need. That is all we need. See, because the kingdom is different. You see the kingdom? See how Jesus is thinking how the kingdom works. The disciples are thinking how earth works. Flesh gives birth to flesh. The only way in the flesh I get more pizza is the call. Hello? <laughs> and you have to give them money, too. They don't, you know, delivery, for some of us we don't know that. But, uh, you know, we, you know, when you're young, pizza just shows up. You don't, you don't know that somebody has to pay for it, right? My kids are like, pizza, pizza, bring me pizza. I'm like, dude, I have to pay for that. <laughs> we should have got more pizza. I know, but we, we're out of money. You know, we have to eat tomorrow, too. We can't just eat pizza all, you know, one time that lasts the whole week. So, you know... That's the only way in the flesh, because that's, that's the power of the flesh. That's the strength of the flesh. But here's the thing. Here's the power of the kingdom. It's only a little bit can go a long ways, as long as Jesus touches it. I mean, wouldn't, it be cool? wouldn't it be cool to see Jesus multiply pizza sometime? That would be awesome. I don't know if that's ever going to happen if God... But hey, if that's all Jesus had, if Jesus had pizza, He would have multiplied pizza. And he would have handed it out. And here's, 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 here's the point I was getting at. But the point was this. After they were done, Jesus said, pick up all the leftovers. Don't let anything be wasted. Now, it's interesting. You think, man, Jesus, he just multiplied it. So what does it matter? What, you know, what, what does it matter if we, we pick all of it up? I can just give you one more piece of pizza and you can make 12 dozen again, right? I think it's a principle of the kingdom is this. You have to use what you've been given. Jesus doesn't want to waste anything. I mean, He didn't waste any of the bread that He multiplied. He said, pick that up. Put it in baskets. That's, that's something of the kingdom. That's, that's worth something. Don't just throw that away. Whatever God gives you, use it. Don't let it just sit out in the field and rot. Sometimes we wonder, it's like, God, I need more, I need more. He said, you didn't pick up what I gave you last time. Hey, let's use that. Let's, you know, has God given you just one little thing? Has God given you just one little truth? Has God given you just, just one little dose of His love? Then, then use it. You know, last night I was praying and, and trying to finish up getting ready for this message because sometimes it happens on Saturday night, right, John? So sometimes that's the way it goes. And so I happened to... I, I happen to just, you know, I usually listen to music and I just put on worship music, usually just YouTube and let YouTube take me, take me where it needs to go. Um, and it just stays on worship music, thankfully, on my YouTube, so praise the Lord. But one of the things that popped up was this, this guy named Todd White, and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm just going to pop on his little message here real quick. Now, I know a lot of people have talked to me about Todd White. I've never actually watched Todd White speak, preach a sermon, so... I started watching it, and I ended up watching a, a good chunk of it, you know. I mean, he was preaching for about two hours, I think. I think that's, that's, you know, just so you can feel good about however long this goes. Like, if Todd White was here, it would, this is, you know, he's just barely getting started. You, two o'clock, and you're lucky, okay? <laughs> 
So, anyway, but his testimony is so powerful, and he was going to, you know, he was into all kinds of junk. Well, he was into every kind of junk you could think of. He, he'd, uh, you know, drugs, all this stuff. I mean, just crazy part of his life. And he shows up at a church, and he was really planning on, on in, killing himself in his life, but for some reason he came to a church, and the guy started talking to him about Jesus. And he, he didn't even know what churches were about. He's like, I didn't come here to hear about Jesus. And the guy said, well, this is a church. <laughs> what did you expect? Well, you came here. We didn't come to you, man. <laughs> and so the guy said, it was just the awesomest statement, was this, was, was, this is what the pastor said to him. Well, it looks like you don't care really much about your life at all. So why don't you give it to someone who does care about your life? Isn't that awesome? And so he, he gets saved. I mean, he doesn't even really know what it means, but he's like, okay, God, I'll just, yeah, whatever. I mean, his prayer that he said he prayed was just funny. It was just like, I don't even remember what it was, but I'll, I'll probably hear it again. But, but here's the deal. It's like, you know, immediately the kingdom was at work in his life. Immediately. Anytime you give an invitation to the king, the kingdom is being released. The strength and power of the kingdom is being released in your life. So it, it just takes an invitation because it has to be. It has to be spirit. We have to be reminded this is not in our own strength. This is not me trying harder and working it up. This is me taking hold of what God is having and allowing His presence and His power to flow through me. Because I can assure you that on my own, I've got nothing to offer. I mean, I wasn't sure at 20, but at double that age, I am positive. Okay, I'm probably, you know, when you're younger, you still think, oh, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, young people, the older you get, you realize, boy, this is, this is, this is not going to work out. <laughs> this, this is just not going to work out. If, if, if just me is all I have, it's going to be rough. But me, with the Spirit. Game changer. Changes everything. What does it say right there? Those who are, are of the Spirit are like the wind. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. In other words, there should be some part of our life where people look at us and go, What, what is going on with you? You're like the wind, man. You just blow all over into the different places. I, we don't even, sometimes we don't even know where you're coming from. You know, he was talking about people of the Spirit. In other words, there's going to be, you know, the kingdom has to be able to respond at any moment, at any time to any person. And so, you know, it just has, you just have to blow in. You have to be ready. You know, it's not like you get, you know, God doesn't always let you know beforehand, hey, today, good morning. Good morning, John. How are you? I'm going to tell you everything that's going to happen today so you're ready. You know, maybe God does that to some people, but there, and, and there's some people I've heard who've gotten some pretty clear directions from the Lord, but there's a lot of times where God, I think, intentionally doesn't tell us because He wants us to trust Him. Because faith activates the kingdom. Faith is what, what gets us into the kingdom. Faith is what sustains us in the kingdom. And so without, without that trust, without that dependence upon Him... We're, we're going to 
slip back into the flesh. And then what happens? Flesh gives birth to flesh. If I give someone only what I can give, all I get is a little bit of John. Not that great. I mean, my wife thinks I'm great, but even she would say, you know, after a little bit of time, that's going to get old. I want to do one more thing real quick. Let's go to, go to John chapter 4. I just want to show you how Jesus ministers in the kingdom. Jesus comes to this woman. She's, and I'm going to summarize most of it. Um, just for the sake of time. And it says uh, that Jesus... Uh, look at this. It says, John chapter 4. Man, there's just a ringing in this section here. Um, the Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. That's just interesting. The kingdom right there, we're at work right there, Jesus empowering people. See, our goal is to not do everything ourselves, is to see someone released and empowered. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. And so he comes to Samaria. If you're not familiar with Samaria, basically it was like... Uh, uh, you know, they were the, the half-Jews. They were the half-Breeds. They were the ones that, that were not quite fitting into the, the Jewish people. They weren't really the people of God, according to the Jews. But they had, they, had the, they had some of the heritage there. And so it was kind of a, the way they worshipped, the way they, they responded to God was kind of just this, this mishmash of all kinds of different stuff together. And uh, normally, you wouldn't interact with a Samaritan. And so when a Samaritan woman came to draw water in the middle of the day, because she was a woman of questionable morals. That's why she came in a hot part of the day. Because she didn't want to run into anybody. It was intentional. And Jesus speaks to her. Will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. So, and she understood that there was two reasons for Jesus not to be talking to her. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked Him and He would have given you living water. See, Jesus establishes a, a principle of the kingdom right off the bat. And it's, and it's this. She honor, he honored this woman. To every other Jewish man, she was not even a human being. That's just That would have been the honest to God truth the way they saw her. They would have been like dog, Samaritan woman. I mean, women in general back then, they were viewed lower. We understand that. We understand that there was not the revelation of truth. When Jesus came, that began to change. There was when, Jesus always lifted up women. Anyway, so all those people are saying, oh, the Christians are bringing down the women. Oh, come on now. No, the original idea to get women up to the place of equality with men. That's from Jesus. Excuse me. So thank you very much, all the rest of you who think you thought up that. Um, that was God's idea. In the beginning, actually. So, He honors her. And then Jesus does something crazy. Because He honors her so much and speaks truth to her, 
then he's able to just point out her sin. And she begins to thank him, basically. I mean, that is the kingdom at work right there. Because what happens? It says, the woman says, hey, you don't have anything to get water out. What are you talking about? How can you get living water? And Jesus says, hey, look, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. And the woman said, give me that water. I want that water. And Jesus said, go call your husband and come back. And she says, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, hey, you're right. Guess what? You have, in fact, had five husbands, and the man you have, have now is not your husband. In other words, you're pretty loose. You're pretty, you're getting around. And she says, sir, I can see that you're a prophet. And immediately what happens, she says, she starts talking about worship. I mean, can you imagine coming up to somebody and you meet them, and within just a minute of a conversation, you've exposed their deepest, darkest sins, and they want to worship. I mean, that's, that can only happen in the kingdom. Flesh can't do that. I can't do that on my own. That's the power of the Spirit. That's the power of the kingdom of God. And it starts with Jesus being tuned into the King. It says He was always in tune with the Father. And so he was doing what the father wanted. And it started too as he honored this woman as he lifted her up to a different place where he was honoring her by, by speaking to her and offering her something that she was, she was lifted up. And then Jesus could prophesy to her. He could have a word of knowledge. He could have supernatural revelation about her situation because he, she couldn't have living water unless she dealt with her issues. She had to repent too. But here's the deal. Her sin was pointed out and she wants to worship. I love it. I mean, that's the power of the kingdom right there. And so that's, that's what we want to happen is where people in their deepest, darkest, they know their love, they know their honor, and so they're like, whatever you have, I need it. Whatever you have, I want it. And Jesus says, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. In other words, they were talking about the Samaritans thought, hey, should we worship here? Should we worship there? The Jews say it can only be Jerusalem. Samaritans are like, we don't, we don't have access there, so we're going to do it here. You know, is that all right? Jesus says, look, it's not going to matter anymore where you do it. It's all, everything's changing. When the kingdom comes, everything's changed. You Samaritans worship what you do not know, but we as Jews worship what we do know. Yet a time is coming... Isn't it interesting? And it's like, and it has now come. It's like right in that moment. It's like, Jesus is like, oh, it's here right now, in fact. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and His worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. You know, if you get clued into the Holy Spirit, you, you can't not worship. You can't not worship. You know, I've had, haven't you, have you ever had somebody say to you, like, man, there's, is all there's going to be in heaven is worshiping God? And I'm thinking, that's going to be awesome. We don't have to stop. We don't have to eat lunch. We don't have to get our kids because they're going to get crazy. We can just, we can just keep going for, for a long time. Man, if you're on earth, if you don't like worship on earth, what in the world are you going to do in heaven? Why do you want to go there? 
Again, the music's better. It's going to be heavenly. Everybody's going to sing on the right key. You know, all this stuff. We, we, get, we get so caught up, but, but here's the deal. We have so many things that, you know, we define worship. We think it's just Sunday morning singing songs. And sure, that's part of it. But, but worship is just an attitude of heart where I am connected with Jesus. And my love pours out on Him. Where my heart is just moved. Because there's something spiritual. And it, here's the deal. that Jesus also said, in truth. In other words, it's not just about what you're feeling. Like, well, I feel like this is how I worship God. Well, congratulations. Is it true? If it's not true, it's not worship. But if it's true and it doesn't have the Spirit, it's not worship either. It says the worship has to have the Spirit and truth. And so we want to make sure, again, it's not emotion... It might include emotion, but it's not emotion. It's spiritual. It's heart. It's a connection. It's you and heaven having interaction. It's you and your lover offering your heart. That's the kingdom. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to be encouraged and challenged today. Lord, help us honor people like you did. Lord, I'm so moved by you honoring this Samaritan woman. Lord, we don't love people like you love. And we can't do it on our own. Lord, we want the Holy Spirit to give birth to something fresh in us where we have a love for people that cannot be contained, that cannot be be hindered, Lord. And we want to see, we want to get in touch with your kingdom, Lord, where our words can bring really quick change. Lord, when you spoke to this woman, things changed very, very quickly in her life. Lord, she was as far away from you as possible, probably. But in just a few moments, interacting with Jesus, she was brought into the kingdom. And so, Lord, help us, Lord, when we see people, Lord, help us not see them from an earthly perspective. Help us not just see the one pizza. Lord, help us see what could happen if Jesus touches the pizza? What could happen if Jesus touches that person? What will happen if the power of the kingdom comes right now? And so we thank You. Lord, help us repent if we need to repent, if we need to change our way of thinking, if we need to, if we need to see things differently. We invite You to wash our minds, to renew our minds, so that we can see and hear And do it in spirit and in truth, God, that we can live a life of worship. And we honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody who wants to come to our house, come up and talk to my wife here for that Connect meeting. Even if you just say, I want to come have dessert with you.